and welcome to the Online Warriors podcast. Uh, we are entering our last April episode before the marvelous month of May, which happens to be the month of somebody's birthday, but let's not dwell on that. Let's instead talk about who's here. Uh, I'm Illegal86, and I am joined by my fantastic compatriots, Tectic and Nerd Bomber. Hello, hello. Hey, everybody. And today we are here to ask the age old question Is it called a hot tub or a jacuzzi? Reach out to us on Twitter. We want to hear from you at OWLegal86, at OWTechnic, at OWNerdBomber, and our main account, at OnlineWarriors1. First of all, who do you think calls it a jacuzzi and who do you think calls it a hot tub? Because there's implications to that. And second of all, what do you call it? We want to know. Either of you two have anything to add to that but without giving away No, I don't want your... to show bias. Yeah. Okay, fair enough. I, w- I had one thing I wanted to scream into the microphone and now I don't want to... I don't want to show bias either, so I won't do that. We were talking about this right before we started recording, and it's just one of the many hot button issues that we're involved in here in quarantine. But that's not actually what we're going to be talking about today. That would be weird. I would, talking about that for a whole hour, I mean, we could do it, but I don't, we're not going to do that. Instead, we're going to talk about some things like The Last of Us 2. You've probably heard about the spoilers that leaked this week, and on top of that, it's getting a new release date, so we'll, we'll go through that. Uh, we're going to talk about Discworld for all of you Discworlders out there, all of your Pratchett fans. And we're also going to talk about these spooky Pentagon videos that have now been released to the general public. So let's start at the start. Obviously, you should know by now if you listen to us that I'm a big Last of Us fan. I'll start by saying we're not going to say what the spoilers are on this podcast because that would be dumb and stupid and counterproductive. So we're not going to do that. I have not seen them. And I feel hashtag blessed. Nerd Bomber scoured the internet for an article that we could read kind of as a research for the show that talked about the spoilers without actually saying what the spoilers were. So I assume in that process, Nerd Bomber, you saw the spoilers is or did you not? I didn't. Well, so like I glanced at them by accident. So the first article that I was reading, right. they had actually posted a screenshot of the original Reddit thread where all of the spoilers were leaked. And I was like, this they wouldn't be dumb enough to actually put a picture of the spoilers right in this article, but they were. So as soon as I like read the first couple words, I was like, oh, I, I shouldn't be reading this. And then there were an astounding amount of news sources that just put the spoilers in the articles. Why would you want to do that? Yeah, to get clicks, I guess, is the answer. But like... I specifically haven't clicked any links that relate to the spoilers because I don't want to see the spoilers. So if anything, it's kind of counterintuitive. You're not going to get the clicks if you talk about the spoilers. So yeah, I've not seen them, thankfully. Tactic, I know you you are playing or were playing The Last of Us 1. I don't know if you're interested in playing Last of Us 2, but have are, are you avoiding these with the interest of playing Last of Us 2? I have been avoiding the media about this game like a plague, no pun intended. I just, I don't want any spoilers. I want it to be my surprise only. And the worst part is I'm probably not going to play it on an instant release day. I'm probably going to wait my standard several months before I even get into it. So it's just going to be a hotbed right. of avoiding everything. And and I'll probably get spoilers, but I'm going to do my best to not. What's crazy is so, that this leak, I think they spoiled major plot points. Like they had gameplay video. I think they had cutscenes that they had leaked. Yep. And like some of the plot points were pretty significant. Without spoiling anything, I just know it was like very like plot heavy spoilers, beginning, middle, end of the game spoilers. And I, I know right. there was some speculation that it was an disgruntled naughty dog employee who had leaked all of this stuff. But man, could you imagine like, first of all, I guess I have two thoughts here. If you're an employee, like, 
are you ever going to plan to work in the games industry again? Because you have to imagine that they have a way to trace it. Blacklisted. Yeah. yeah. 100%. Like I know when they release the movies and stuff for award season, they always have some kind of watermark. So when leaks get out onto the internet, they can trace it back. You can't tell me that there's no way that they can't trace back those video clips and stuff to whoever leaked it. Right. Well, I don't, I just don't understand why people like to do this because you just spoil it. My understanding well, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, it seems like the disgruntled Naughty Dog employee storyline is more or less confirmed at this point. As from everything that I have seen, what little I have seen without trying to look at the actual spoilers. People who have worked on the game have claimed that they are, that the, the cutscenes and everything that's been released, they are authentic. They are the real deal. Naughty Dog themselves has released a statement on Twitter uh, basically saying this sucks, you know, obviously try to avoid these and, you know, you're still going to get a great experience. I agree with you that, that, I have to imagine they... I'm guessing Naughty Dog already knows who this is. I, there's no way for us to know that they didn't come out and say who it is or that they know who it is. But this person is unlikely to work in the video game industry again. It seems like... And I don't know the details on this, so I shouldn't maybe even mention it. But apparently this is not the first time that Naughty Dog has been kind of dragged through the mud by a, an employee. Due to issues stemming from from workplace environment and culture. I don't know the details about that. But what I do know is that... For those, for anyone who has played Last of Us knows that it is a very story-driven experience. It is a narrative above all else. There was a script for the game. It wasn't just, you know, it, it was, it was treated like a movie when you play it. So in that context, obviously spoilers here are a lot more weighty than spoilers for like, I don't know, the next Super Smash Brothers or something. So it's a big deal. And, and we're seeing now that apparently people are contacting Sony and is it Sony or Naughty Dog, one of the companies has been contacted a lot by people saying you know, can I get a refund on my pre-order fee? Because now I don't want to play it anymore, which I think that's a little extreme. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think even if I did find out, I would, I wouldn't go that far. Like, but uh, there are definitely some games where if you go in blind and you don't know what's going to happen, the story and the gameplay experience is much better. One of my favorite games, Firewatch. I think, I, I don't think I could ever replay that game because the first time playing experience and the twists, I guess, in the plot are really I don't know. They make the experience for me. But I don't think this is one of those games. Like, I think this is such a a well-crafted world with characters that people love. And it's not like it's just like a walking simulator type game. There's a lot of actual gameplay in there. Like, you still have... I I haven't played it, but there's still like shooting and melee and stuff like that. Like, it wouldn't detract from those aspects of the game. You would just know the story. And ultimately, I feel like those reports of people contacting PlayStation, like that's kind of overblown because, you know, at the end of the day, this game is still going to sell a ton. Who even has a memory that good? Let's be honest. I I pretty much thrive on the fact that I have the memory of a goldfish. So I'm even if it comes across my uh, my scroll, I guess we'll call it. I think I'm going to forget right. it in like two days. Well, it, it's it's funny you say that, Nerdbomber, about like, you know, this game's still going to sell. I mean, so I'll, I'll quote here Sophia Narwitz, the editor for a tech website, uh, RT, who tweeted Monday, what's sad about this leak is that it doesn't hurt Naughty Dog. The game will still sell gangbusters regardless. This is more of an attack on the fans waiting for it. And that's absolutely correct. There is no way this is going to have any effect on the sales of this game. This game is going to be one of the games of the year. It's going to sell through the roof especially given the situation that we're all in right now where we all have a lot of time inside because uh, while the original release date was May 29th, the day before uh, one of our birthdays, the release was then pushed back indefinitely because of the COVID situation, obviously, but it has now been rescheduled for June 19th, which is way sooner than I expected. 
this game in addition to ghost of tsushima which has also had its release date pushed back but i believe now let me see if i can figure out when that one is because find oh july 17th originally slated for june 26th so both of them have only seen actually small bumps in the in the release dates we'll see if those change in the coming days slash months but for right now it's great news for last of us 2 fans and it is great news for ghost of tsushima ghost of tsushima fans as well though i'm not sure if you more like ghost of tsushima tsushima uh, people who are excited to, for the game to come out because I don't really know if there's an existing fan base there. Also, I can't say Tsushima. I'm really struggling with it. But this is, I mean, I mean, this is, I want to publicly say to this guy who released the spoilers, screw you, man. Like Sophia said, my good friend Sophia, you're just hurting the people who want to play it. You're not hurting Naughty Dog. If anything, Naughty Dog maybe saw this and just laughed. I mean, probably not, but like their bottom line is probably not going to be affected too much by this. Well, the thing that also gets me, so like there's a right way and a wrong way to do things. And even though you might have a lot of issues with Naughty Dog's work environment, and I'm not saying that Naughty Dog is completely like this shining white knight who's never done anything wrong, because, I mean, there have been reports of them having terrible crunch culture, and that should be addressed. But all of the people that you've been working alongside and crunching with for the past however many months or years on this game... You're basically just kicking them in the face because you're not really hurting the top execs. You're hurting all of the people who poured that crunch time into this game. I'm sure they feel betrayed. I would would feel betrayed if I still worked at Naughty Dog. Like you said, the the people who are in charge aren't going to care. But the people who poured their blood, sweat, and tears into this are going to feel betrayed. And I can't blame them. There's probably creative writers right now that are weeping within that game. Honestly, because like you guys said, it is a script, it is a story, and they're priding themselves on the classic plot twist, the things that will drive people to gasp, and well, that just was lost. Right. And, and you know, I am one of the bigger fans of this franchise. Like I said before, even if I did see spoilers, I, I would still buy the game because there's going to be a lot of value in playing it, even if you know it's coming. I mean... To an extent, in the la- like The Last of Us, while it did have a great plot, it wasn't altogether the most unpredictable thing in the universe. So, like at the same time, I played it n- having an idea of what the conclusion th- that was coming was, but still enjoying myself the entire way. So, so not to get, go on like a super tangent, but do spoilers ruin the experience for you? Because this is not the first time that there's been a major spoiler for a huge franchise, whether it's in gaming, television, movies. I mean, I think didn't Avengers have a ton of spoilers leaked right before the movie came out or like the day that the movie came out? I mean, I know for a fact LaShawn McCoy completely yeah, blew up my of, spot by <laughs> posting the ending on Twitter yeah. and I was not expecting to see it. But like that the ending event game was spoiled for me. Yeah, it didn't it's... ruin the movie going experience like, OK, you know what happens. But for me, at least, I like to see how they get there. Like just knowing what happens at the end, that's not enough for me to feel connected to the movie or the game or the show. Like, I, I'm all about the journey. So how about you guys? Does it ruin it for you? Well, so I think I think in a lot of ways, you hit the nail on the head with regards to, you know, video games as a storytelling mechanism have an inter- interactive component that even if you know the entire story, there are still plenty of ways for you to be engaged because you have a controller and you're, and you're actively inputting yourself into that story. With movies, for me, it's a little different and it's kind of a mixed bag. Like... Endgame was spoiled for me. I still had a, a great time, but obviously I wish I didn't know. I, I, I think I would have had a better time with Endgame had I not known going in, okay, how is this going to end? But there are movies that, that, that 
there's honestly maybe even no effect like i still really enjoyed and this this shouldn't surprise anybody the sixth sense everyone knows the twist to the sixth sense at this point if you don't you're living under a rock i knew the twist to the sixth sense and i still and i watched it and like yeah without a doubt if i had watched the movie without knowing the twist i probably would have enjoyed it even more but i still enjoyed it a heck of a lot like and, and you know part of that it's it's tough with sixth sense because i feel like with sixth sense certain twists give things rewatch value right like if i had seen the sixth sense the first time through and i saw the twist at the end the first thing i'd want to do is watch it again to see where the twist is hinted at so you know you can still get watch value out of knowing things if anything there are certain things you can get watch value out of that people watching them for the first time not knowing anything can't get so for me it's kind of a mixed bag i think for video games it really has no effect i don't also i also don't have much of a, a pool of experience to draw from there with movies there's definitely an effect but not as big of one as you might think i guess is where i land tactic what are you what are your thoughts so for me no matter what i'm watching or what i'm playing i always physically put myself into the character like you can ask nerd bomber I literally ask her at the end of anything we watch, hey, do you think I'm most like this person or do you think I'm most like that person? Or, hey, you're totally a a Susan in whatever we watched. And classic Susan. Classic Susan. And so it's, it's through that full-on embrace and relation of other characters that it doesn't matter what I may or may not have seen, I feel like I live the experience with those characters and so anything external doesn't really ruin it for me plus remember goldfish memory well that no so that's another thing i my memory's not very good either but that's the thing where like you hear about certain video games like one of my favorite video game franchises ever dead space the first game the the title the, the playable character isaac clark had no lines and in dishonored you have no lines and 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 the point of that is they want you to fully insert yourself into the character and you know that's more possible in video games than it is for movies but that's that's a a thing you have to think about when you're when you're thinking about the storytelling mechanics of video games versus movies or books and like and how they change so yeah for for me you know i don't think this this spoiler guy really accomplished very much i I still hate his guts he probably just gave them more publicity because leading up to the game like i don't know in the past few weeks the last of us two has like kind of been on my radar a little bit because naturally we are getting closer and there, there was the, the delay and everything announced but like right. now everyone is talking about it sure exactly i mean yeah i like i said it's not gonna it doesn't change my opinion of whether i'm not gonna whether i'm gonna buy it or not at all you know i i think for the most part their sales numbers will be unaffected and um i could I, the other thing too is that watching you know the handful of trailers i think there's only two trailers for this game and watching those like watching the first trailer which was back in like 2016 or something it came out i watched it and i formulated opinions immediately about what the story was going to be who was going to wind up dead who was not and you know yeah i guess hearing spoilers would kind of ruin the mystery a little bit but like if anything i think it's likely that i have these theories i go into the game and a lot of them are are confirmed and then i'm and then it's i'm kind of in the same spot so it's yeah it's interesting yeah i mean to your point I love the way that video game writing has evolved over the past decade or two and how it is becoming more like an unknown storytelling medium where you don't know necessarily know what's going to happen. But at the end of the day, it's still fairly predictable. I mean, we see it in movies, television, books, games. There's only so many surprises you can really throw into something. And yeah. 
every now and then a game like Bioshock will come along that really throws you for a loop, but there's not that many games that really have major twists or turns that you don't see coming as you play the game. Right. I I, I think to a large extent, and, and you know, The Last of Us, the storyline, the power of it is all in the emotional content. It's not in the plot. The plot is a guy takes a girl across the country and they fight, you know, they fight zombies along the way, essentially is what it is. And yeah, there might be some small things to spoil there, but like, for the most part, it's about the relationship that's built between the two characters. It's not about, you know, oh, in Pittsburgh, you know, Joel got shot. You know, it's it's not anything like that. So there's, I guess, seeing the emotional content and and like the character development might kind of spoil me a little bit. But like at the same time, it's it's. I don't think there are many games that you mentioned Bioshock as being one, and that and that's a good example. But like a lot of the games, a lot of plots of the video games are, they're not Pulitzer winning <laughs> efforts. They're great, but you know, take 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 Dishonored for example, because I I just finished Dishonored too. The story is secondary. And I think a lot of video games, and especially in that one, I mean, the cool thing about Dishonored and Dishonored 2 is that the game reacts to what you do, and, and that's very cool. So they have, it gives it replay value, and it gives the story some depth. But at the end of the day, the story is still, you have to go around and kill these people. It doesn't much matter why, just go do it. <laughs> so, yeah. We could get into a bigger discussion there. I definitely yeah. really got into the story of Dishonored and really dug the lore and stuff that was scattered around in all of the collectibles and even read some of the Dishonored novelizations that were based off the game. So I disagree slightly there, but I mean, oh, that's so the other thing. Is, is, is pretty, is pretty worse in that regard. Is it? I'm, maybe there's recency bias here. Dishonored two is like, yeah, I know what you mean with Dishonored one is there's a lot more to, to be learned. And, and to, the, to an extent too, it's because Dishonored is building the world. And Dishonored 2 is just living in that world. So there's not as much new stuff to discover. It's more just, okay, we have this established world, you're Corvo, go, go do stuff. That's fair. But, but yeah, we... we, the, we again, though, that just that. shows how even the games with the best storytelling, depending on the way that you look at it, it could be all about the gameplay. So ruining the story yeah. doesn't necessarily have a big impact if you're going in there not caring about the story at all. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it, it's it, like anything, It's there's a spectrum, right? Like... There are games that are, even if they don't have the most twists and turns, you know, they are cinematic experiences. And in that case, I think it is a lot more likely that a spoiler would have some effect. But at the same time, there's only so much damage it can do, at least in my opinion. So Last of Us 2, June 19th, Ghost of Tsushima, which we didn't really talk about too much, but is also mentioned in the article about the Last of Us release date. That's coming out July 17th. So be sure to check those games out. Feel free to pre-order Last of Us 2 if, if you're interested like I am, but do be on the lookout for those spoilers. I imagine they'll probably be gone from the internet uh, within a few days. I, I think both Naughty Dog and Sony are probably scouring the internet, removing it wherever it can be seen. You know, I guess we'll, we'll keep an eye on that without actually keeping an eye on it, if you know what I mean. Let's talk about Discworld, which, to be honest, I know very little about. But an announcement came today uh, that Terry Pratchett, Sir Terry Pratchett, sorry, Terry Pratchett, if you're listening, I forgot you had been knighted. Sir Terry Pratchett's Narrativia, which is his production company, uh, is looking to expand the Discworld universe with a new series of truly authentic screen adaptations. So for those that do not know, Discworld is a fantasy series of novels that spans 41 books, take place on a flat circular world, also known as Discworld, that balances on the back of four elephants. And yeah, I could get into the... <laughs> to the more of the details of, of what's involved, but suffice to say, it's a very large and potentially untapped, well, definitely untapped uh, mine of IP. 
so I guess, first of all, did you guys ever watch a Good Omens? Because that's the only Terry Pratchett property that's been set to the screen that I know of. There are probably more. There's one thing I do want to add to your descriptive of this world. It's on four elephants on top of a turtle. That's important. Yes, sorry. <laughs> However, each individual story explores a multitude of human issues. I'm reading this from IGN. Um, and yeah, that, that's that's the basic summary of, of Discworld, in case you were wondering. So yeah, the elephants are on turtles. And, and like to, to an extent, too. I wonder how much of that, how much of those four elephants come into play, you know, like if one day all the people on Discworld wake up and the whole world is tilted seven degrees to one direction. They're like, oh, I guess Harold's a little sleepy today. You know what I mean? Like, are they involved? How is the turtle involved? Did he just move them all around at, at, at a turtle's pace? I don't know. This is stuff that a Discworld fan could, could I'm sure tell us on Twitter. And, and again, feel free to reach out to us on that. But did you guys ever watch Good Omens? I did not watch Good Omens. I also have not read any of Terry Pratchett's novels because there are 41 Discworld books. And even though, since I'm into sci-fi and fantasy novels, almost everyone who I'm like a quote-unquote book friend with tells me I need to read these books, that the number is just so daunting. It really is. It's enormous. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like, for me, Game of Thrones, there's what, five Game of Thrones books or four? And even that, again, granted, they're they're longer than I don't even know what. But it's too, I'm like, I look at that, I'm like, that's too much. So like 41 novels, like that's, it's an undertaking. And, and I'm curious to see how it's handled in show form. You know, it, it, this, is, this show is in a unique position because the man who wrote the books is essentially in charge of the production. You don't see that very often, if at all. I think it'll so be interesting because I think, first of all, if you have 41 books of source material... And you have the author at the helm. I feel like you have a path forward. So Game of Thrones issue was that it hit a certain point where it ran out of source material. And then that's when shit kind of hit the fan. With this, it would literally take years. I don't even know if you could run out of source material. You could probably, not having read the books, I would assume you could probably take a season for each book if you really wanted to. And so, I mean, if they do this right, with Terry Pratchett at the helm, making sure that these beloved books that everyone seems to rave about are perfectly adapted to the screen, like they could have something really good on their hands. Because I don't think right now there's still no good successor to Game of Thrones. I think The Witcher tried to be that, but I think it just never... Didn't work out. Yeah, it didn't get as much traction as I think they hoped it would. So... It'll be interesting. I'm actually kind of excited. I might try to read the books, but it's a very daunting task. But you know what? I'm home all the time now, so maybe we'll do it. Right. I'm I'm hopeful that the Lord of the Rings show that Amazon's putting together can can try to be the next Game of Thrones. But yeah, I mean, other than that, you know, this is this is the next the next best candidate that I'm aware of. And, and yeah, it, it's 41 books. I mean, if you like you said, spread out a book over each uh, over a season. We're in like Doctor Who territory in terms of like thinking about shows that are long running or like, I mean, it wouldn't be like The Simpsons because The Simpsons is like a cartoon comedy, but like Doctor Who gets all these revitalizations and I don't know how many episodes there are, but there's a billion. You're you're talking about something that like could be generational too, like James Bond and, you know, these things that there's such a deep well of source material that by the time you run out of source material, you could probably just start over again because everyone who watched the source material that you started with died. (laughs) <laughs> I'm willing to bet that the author has a quote favorite segment or season or whatever 
that he's he might glance over some of the more detail-oriented stuff that you have to include in a novel and speed to the the meat and potatoes, I guess we'll call it, of the series. Right. And then that that's an interesting question is, you know, if you've written 41 novels in set in one world, first of all, do you have a hierarchy like you just said? And second of all, where do you start? Because, you know, I, I think for the most part, most people would say start at the first one and then just go as far as you can go. But like, what if Terry Pratchett's favorite Discworld novel is like 30? <laughs> then, then you're like, you're in a unique position of like, okay, we, like you said, we have to bundle up a lot of the details that aren't super important and shove them into the first couple of episodes and then get to the good stuff. So it's, it's an interesting production question, but I mean, these, this series of novels sold in excess of a hundred million copies globally. So it's, it's clearly a very popular thing. If anything, it seems like it's interesting that none of us have read it given that we have at least a few fantasy fans here and, and a few readers. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm curious. I'm certainly optimistic. Again, don't know much about Discworld. Uh, if, if you're a Discworld fan, feel free to reach out to us. Tell us what you think of this news. Um, tell us which, which of his novels is the best too. Cause that's the other thing is we don't even know if they're chronological. If anything, they're probably not. Yeah, actually so. I'm looking at this now and apparently each novel is a unique adventure. So it doesn't necessarily have, they don't follow any oh, sort so of order. So that so could be very just, interesting. Yeah. And if anything, that, that expands your opportunities a lot because you can start with 30 if you want. And then in that season related to 30, give some winks and future shout outs to like, Oh, well this is, this is a, a taste of what's coming in our next season, which is going to be about novel 14. If anything, that, that, that kind of builds hype, right? Because fans are going to want to know, okay, what, what book is the next season going to be about? So a lot of potential here. Um, not a whole lot of big names attached to it right now. I, I should note motive pictures and endeavor content are, uh, the other two partners in this, uh, endeavor, I guess I would call it um in this development deal so yeah we'll, we'll see what happens but again again the important thing is that terry pratchett is the man who's behind all of it so that should give discworld fans hope right now we are going to move on to our break but before we do we want to shout out our good friend mr ben checkness or should i say sir ben checkness because he has been a knight with us for quite a while now and, and we super appreciate it uh, ben supports us on Patreon at our highest level, which is, you guessed it, the night level. And as a result, he gets access to our monthly secret segment and vlog and also a producer shout out in every episode like this one, input into our weekly game segment, and he will be having a guest spot on the show pretty soon now. So if you want to be like Ben, um, you can support us at the night level. If you aren't as cool as Ben, if you don't think you're you're quite so noble as to be a knight, you can be a squire, which gets you access to the monthly secret segment and vlog. Or if you have, I, I don't know, low self-esteem and you think you're just a page, uh, you can also get access to our monthly secret segment. So if you are interested in giving back to us, supporting what we do, we would super appreciate it. You can head on over to patreon.com slash online warriors podcast for more of the details. Thanks again to Ben. And we'll take a brief break to shout out some of our friends and we'll be right back. Being a nerd as an adult can be difficult. Life gets a little busy to constantly be staying up to date with nerd culture. Let's see, there's work, life, 
bills, stress, relationships, kids. So you wish you could just turn something on during your hectic life that would keep you up to date at the push of a button. Look no farther than the 30 and Nerdy Podcast. I'm Josh. And I'm Tyler. Here on the 30 and Nerdy Podcast, we enlighten, educate, and entertain with all things nerd. We discuss, debate, and break it down on what's going on in nerd culture from the past, present, and future. And you know the cool part? We're 30. So we bring it to you in a less hectic way and easily accessible through your favorite podcast platform. But no worries, you don't have to be 30 to enjoy the show. So relax and keep up to date with us as we bring you nerd news you need to know, but don't have time to go searching for. So come nerd out with us at the 30 and Nerdy Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever you cast your pod. Cheers to you, nerds. We are back to talk about spooky, scary extraterrestrials so we were talking about it before we started recording it had to be a few months ago it might have even been last year we talked about some videos that were leaked of essentially navy videos that were purportedly showing ufos and if you haven't watched these videos yet you should go watch them because they're very short and they're i'll admit kind of eye-opening the pentagon has declassified these these videos which is why we're here to talk about it again they were yeah previously leaked. they were top secret uh, navy videos of quote-unquote unexplained aerial phenomena if you haven't watched these videos what they look like is essentially uh small objects being tracked by some special camera the navy has i don't know what it is and these things are moving and rotating often moving very quickly against the wind and just generally looking weird and also i think not showing up on radar so i don't know we've talked about extraterrestrial the potential for extraterrestrial life a lot on this show i imagine for the most part i have said i doubt it <laughs> uh at least today i doubt it but uh, i don't know what are, what are your guys thoughts on on what we're seeing here so every group of friends has one friend that wears tinfoil on his head and i will happily be that guy okay. um <laughs> here's your hat sir <laughs> so my my definition of UFO, right, is unidentified flying aircraft. I, I don't think it's a weird spot on the camera or any kind of grainy footage. I think it is, in fact, an unidentified flying object. And it's always the right approach to say, well, where was this captured, right? If it's near a military base, it, chances are it's just some co- some secret mission that only a few handful of people know about when they're testing weapons or things like that. Um, right. But if it's over a city or things like that, where the capabilities of a of just a civilian aircraft just don't make any sense, well, there's something completely different entirely. Um, a lot so of these, I don't know off the top of my head where these where these were taken. It looks like it's in the middle of the ocean. <laughs> right, and Do that's what I was going to gonna follow up on. A lot of these videos, it doesn't diverge divulge the information so my i'll take my tinfoil hat off and say chances are it's just testing of of new technologies but training exercise but one fun theory that i always like to to be a skeptic about is what if we're the aliens and it's us from the future just because time travels badass so yeah i I mean first of all it's as plausible an explanation as any i i think you're right that the chances are, and this is kind of the core of my, of my anti-alien belief, is like the chances are extremely, extremely higher, just from a probability standpoint, that these things were things that like three people in the military knew about 
that were being tested that these guys who happened to be running the camera that day did not know about. And yeah, the chances of that are way higher than the chances of it actually being, being an alien craft in my experience. Um, the interesting thing to me too, is like, it doesn't even necessarily have to be our own military. It could be any other country, just like taking some new drone or something some high altitude drone out for a test drive. They, If it's over the ocean or something, they don't necessarily have to log anything because I think the ocean, isn't that technically, uh, what is that that phrase called? Where it's just like, not uncharted uh, waters, but it, it doesn't belong uh, to anybody. Maritime law. Yes. That's not right, but something, something like that. Something like that, where they don't have to really chart it with anybody. So, I mean, I don't know. I, too, am skeptical that it's aliens. Watch us kick ourselves, though, when it turns out that we've been monitored the entire time. But honestly, right. like they probably if it is an alien they're not seeing anything that they really like because yeah they're they're coming here they're like oh crap this is messed up (laughs) like let's be real here this footage was taken not fairly recently like it was kind of old right i think it it was 2017 or 2018 it was pre-covid which is an important thing to note the aliens have had two years to either mount an attack or figure out if they want to make contact and clearly they did not want to you're not you can't make contact if you have to be within six feet so that's blown well, out of the water. This, this, is all, this is a very interesting line of thought, though, because we, we should talk about... Well, there, there's two things we should talk about. First of all, if you can hear... You can hear the guys uh, running the cameras and they're, like, talking about it and, like, exclaiming about it, and it's really funny. So you should... Again, you should watch the video if you haven't. But we should talk about the timing of this because, first of all, like you said, this footage is from, I don't know, two years ago or something. I can try to get the exact date on that. But if that's indeed the case why why release it now are they releasing it now to essentially say okay we at one point thought this was a threat and now given how long ago it was we assume the threat is gone or do you think they're releasing it now to get people riled up when they're already riled up about the world ending from coronavirus i think it's just another distraction to be perfectly honest do you think they were in a boardroom and were like, hey, people need more Pentagon content right now because they're all, they're all sitting inside. So let's release these videos we've been keeping under wraps. I mean, look, I, I don't want to be a government conspiracy theorist person. I, I don't want to get political on our podcast or anything like that. But you would be shitting me if you told me that the government knowingly released something that definitively pointed to aliens. My guess is they found out that this footage was totally benign They're not going to tell us what it is. They don't want to scare people. But like if it was truly aliens, they wouldn't be releasing this footage. Even though it leaked, they would be like, oh, no, 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 that's fake footage. You know what I mean? They they would not be releasing this if this definitively pointed to aliens, which is why in my mind, the fact that they openly released it means that it's not aliens because they're not that transparent. Otherwise, Area 51 wouldn't be this weird mystery for so many years, too. Right. And we talked about the Area 51 raid many months back. Imagine if like, imagine if you're like on your couch and your wife, imagine you're married. Imagine your wife walks up to you and is like, hey, Bill, they just released this footage from the Pentagon, released this footage about this, this potential UFO. And I was looking at it. Isn't that that drone you built? And he looks at it. He's like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like I, I'm, I'm wondering if someone saw this and was like, hey, that's that thing that I did that one time. Because I, I mean... I don't know. Looking at the footage itself, I will say the rotation is kind of weird. That's like the movement and moving how fast it's moving, whatever. The rotation is an interesting element. Uh, 
tinfoil hat man what what do you, what do you got here i mean what, what does the movement itself say to you so i'm always kind of skeptical with the way things are perceived as moving. And the reason why I say that is because if you've ever recorded something where the refresh rate of your recording device lines up with the, uh, we'll call it RPMs, right, of anything spinning, sometimes it just looks like it's floating and not moving, but really it is spinning. Or sometimes it looks like it's going the opposite direction all of a sudden if you match it up perfectly. Right. Right. So like a hummingbird flying, if you've ever recorded that, it, it looks, appears in some shots that its wings are just stationary and it's just moving laterally. Well, no, its wings are just fluttering at such a high RPM that it happens to coincide with the refresh rate of your camera. And thus, right. you have no movement. And so when I see these things appearing to move, rotate certain, th- certain ways, I'm always kind of a skeptic on, on how the camera's actually capturing it relative to how it would actually be moving so i always take that with a grain of salt so you're you're concerned with with perspective and, and that's something i never would have thought about i'm 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 not a, an alien truther so i just see the footage and i'm like oh that's weird and i kind of like go about my day um i did like the one that looked like a tie fighter though that was fun yeah even if it's cool. an alien like come make star wars real then i guess i don't know we got nothing better going on for the next couple months right it's uh yeah we, we want to hear from 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 you guys uh have you watched this footage first of all and uh do you think aliens are real Let, let's let's start a larger conversation i'm also i'm aware that i've i've put a lot of shout outs out into the void today to our twitter folks to to get some responses going and i gotta tell you guys it's because we're bored we're, we're inside just like all of you so i have a, a request for our faithful listeners you're bored you're inside it's time to have a project. Let's make some weird stuff with our drones. Let's make them look interesting and just throw them up in the sky and see what happens. So <laughs> it's so funny you mentioned that. So for those that, well, I guess no one would know, Tactic is the kind of guy who always needs a project. And, and we'll let this bleed into our What Are You Up To Wednesday. Um, so I, think it's, I, I just think it's great that you're telling our listeners, get yourself a project during this, during this time of... What's the phrase? Idle hands make. Idle hands are the devil's playthings. That's that's what it is. Um, so there there you go, folks. Uh, but technically, are let's go into our what are you up to Wednesday? Are you is there anything you're working on right now? Anything you're particularly excited about? Um, I'm actually particularly excited about something I set in motion for next month's video vlog, and what that is is i laugh every time you call it a video vlog by the way oh, it's fantastic it's, it's never gonna stop nerd bomber is going to be giving me a quarantine cut i'm terrified oh wow really this is happening he is insisting that this happen, so i am a hundred percent terrified it's going to look terrible told him that already and he does not seem to care so, so i have you know, very let's talk about equipment i have very thin hair on the top of my head but super thick luscious hair on the side of my head and so when it gets long i start to look like a clown slash old man and the only way to kind of make it look normal is to thin out the sides and back such that it looks uniform and not old manny um and so again let's let's talk about your equipment what what are we dealing with here just clippers so i got me clippers with with a 12 adjustment piece so i can go from a buzz right. cut to up to inch and a half in length. Interesting. And what 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 are you going to settle on? You think? 
I if think I'm going to if like you if you if you guys remember the movie Atlantis, the main scrawny character where he had the part in the middle long on the top and then super <laughs> oh, no. short on the side. I'd love that haircut. Dude, I don't know how to cut that. You have to keep in mind that I have to be the one that figures out how oh, you to cut it. your hair so you don't look like you're just got a mohawk. Plus, you just said you have no hair on the top and a lot of hair on the side, which is the opposite of what the Atlantis guy is. Yeah, so, but but if I cut the sides and back super, super short, it'll make the top look long and thick. Relative. Everything's relative here. I may need to watch some YouTube videos before we get really into this endeavor. When do you expect that this that this will happen? I, I don't want to put a date, attach a date to the vlog release, but like, when should people be watching out for this? Because I feel like this is going to be an event. I'm, um, I'm going to want to see it. So the Clippers will be here in two weeks. There was a bit of a back order due to the mass purchase of Clippers. Um, but right. two weeks time is, is is when you should start looking out for it. Yeah, the, my, my hair situation isn't great either. So I'm going to have to start thinking about those kinds of avenues the other in, in the near future. The other fun thing for my What Are You Up To Wednesday is we had talked about a book series with 41 novels, which... Is something that I have no desire for because my average book cadence is one to two books a year. And needless to say, I have finished my one book quota for the year. And I do not recommend this book. <laughs> Did not like it. Wow. That's Tell why it took so long. It was called Going After Chicago. And I know I'm not even pronouncing his name wrong. And I didn't care to try. <laughs> um and I love this review so far. It it's it's going into the story after going into this this deserter in, in the Vietnam War, but constantly the story is nonlinear, going into flashbacks, and 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 most of the time the flashbacks aren't even pertinent to the plot. So it just like throws you left field, throws you in right field, throws you in left field again, and you just find yourself disinterested and disoriented. So this this was partly my bad because this is a Tim O'Brien book. If you guys are familiar with the things they carried, which I know I was forced to read in high school and a lot of people were forced to read in high school. And Tim O'Brien right. writes a lot of like soldier perspective novels about Viet. I think it's mostly he just writes about Vietnam. Um, but he asked me, Tactic asked me to widen his horizons in the type of books that he reads because he was reading I Am Number Four, the series Forever, which is not, there's nothing wrong with that, but it's a young adult series and he wanted to branch out into some And he's more. an adult. <laughs> but I, I, I read Letters for Algeron and other adult well, books. So I started basically plucking things off of the high school literary list. And I, this I literally read them. Flowers for Algeron in, in high school. And it's great. I that, should say. that book was book. fantastic. I loved yeah, that book. Yeah, it's a fantastic book. So this okay. is my bad. I thought this is one of those books that like it was on the high school reading list, so he probably should have had it under his belt, but not his style. So I'll keep that in mind moving forward. I am right, well, now reading... Can, 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 oh, I was going to say, can I go next for my... I want to give you a recommendation for a book. Now well, I've I know already started kind of a new like. book, and I'm actually enjoying this one substantially more. Really well written. Um, I'm just drawing a blank on the title. I think it's Beartown, USA. Beartown. Oh, it's Beartown. It's Beartown, yeah. The, By the, the guy who wrote A Man Called Ove, right? The Maybe. writing is yeah. phenomenal. The story is captivating so far. And considering my cadence is one book a year, I'm already four chapters in. So I'm projected wow. to, to finish this, this maybe even this well, season. Maybe. Well, that's fantastic. I was going to suggest um, one of my favorite books that I've read 
well you know i love stephen king i I wouldn't i'm not gonna recommend stephen king i would recommend the godfather especially if you haven't seen the movie because the book is way better than the movie um but you know bear town pretty pretty good from what i've heard i think nerd bomber nerd bomber that's one of those things i think you recommended to me probably years ago at this point it's (laughs) it's on the long list of things that i've recommended you either read watch or play that you've completely ignored but it's on there you'll get to it i take it throw it in the garbage pee on it you know i don't do any of those things i have them all locked away i have them cataloged for future for future use uh nerd bomber what have you been up to so i have been getting really into animal crossing i know i've talked about this ad nauseum so i won't get too in the weeds with it but i have discovered with the help of tectic how to lay down sidewalk so i've completely like pathed out everything on my island and moved around all of the houses and shops so that we have a proper little village on the island um the other thing that i've been doing i've actually been reading the crazy rich asians trilogy of books Uh, The movie, obviously, you probably already know, came out and was a huge, massive hit. I've heard really good things about the trilogy, so now I'm in the second book. It's a pretty entertaining read. I would say the first book I didn't super jive with because it got super in the weeds on, like, designer clothing. And if you guys have listened to this podcast at all, you'll know that's not my jam. So the first book was a little rough for me to get through, but the second book, they've kind of shied away from all of those descriptors about clothing that I just don't care about so it's has, going a little has bit it better been, has it been made clear on this podcast that you don't wear designer clothing if, i don't know if you go out of your way to say that right? i mean i guess i don't go out of my way to say it but like i don't know i i don't i guess i just don't talk about it ever so that i feel like if i was passionate about designer sure. clothing i would probably bring it up more and then the other third final thing that i want to bring up is i have been playing crash team racing and it is fun i'm a, I'm a big kart racer I will say I don't like it as much as Mario Kart or Team Sonic Racing. I don't like the drift mechanic in the game. It doesn't drift well at all. Half the time you try to activate drift, you don't actually drift. And it's super frustrating and the controls are a little wonky when it comes to activating the drift boost. So not the biggest fan of that, but it is fun and it gives me different tracks to go around. So I'm having a good time with it. I want to make it clear to, to the listeners, just make it, put it on the record. I don't think any of us are fashion plates. Is it fair to say? Yeah, I would I know say I'm that. not. You're probably the closest of the three of us, but yeah, that's... Yeah, it, I, I think I care. I actually think I care very deeply about what I'm wearing a lot of the time. <laughs> that sounds really weird to say that, but I think it's true. Uh, but that doesn't mean I'm a fashion plate. It just means that I like certain things a lot and I like the way I look in them and that's what I wear. I think if if I had it my way, I'd be a video game character, meaning I would wear the same exact thing every day, and uh, and no one would care. But well, that's not how society is designed, unfortunately. Right now, society is, is designed in a manner such that I've worn sweatpants and a graphic t-shirt every day for the past, I think we're going on through two months, whatever it is, so. Well, so actually, it's funny you bring this up before I get into my update. I guess it's going to be part of my update. Um my girlfriend has taken issue with with my some of my quarantine habits um i've seen you and you lounge in like jeans and nice clothing and it's confusing i look i wear button-up shirts a lot that's like that's kind of my thing i wear sweaters a lot although that's about to end because summer's coming and i yeah every day i think almost every day of course except the weekends but like on weekdays i wear khaki pants like like jeans like not like not like dress pants but like khaki jeans or jeans and 
I think my girlfriend is starting to think I'm a psychopath because I don't, you know, embrace the quarantine the way I think like 90% of people do. Uh, but I, I, Hey, I'm not going to change who I am. You know, it's who I am on my end. Uh, a lot of big news this week. Uh, finished Dishonored 2. I already mentioned the story wasn't as good as Dishonored 1, so I won't get too into that. Uh, it was a lot of fun. I finished Low Chaos, which I'm very proud of. Uh, did not even come close to finishing Ghost or Stealthy in any way. But I didn't kill very many people. I think, I, I think in total I killed eight people, and all of those people were killed by accident. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like I said, I have an itchy trigger, trigger finger or something. Um, in other potentially more exciting news though my switch came in it is currently sitting probably 10 feet away from me i have not played it yet i was just able to plug it in get it all set up before coming in to record the podcast so next week i will have an update on my excursion into switch in the into the kingdom of the switch finally item three uh i also just got a fitbit which i'm very excited about the fitbit versa 2 uh, so I might give an update on that. You know, I'm going to, there's kind of a week, the way I see it, a week probationary period of whether I like it enough to keep it or if I'm going to wind up returning it. So I'm sure you guys will hear from me on that front either way. But now we're going to talk about detergent, specifically laundry detergent, which Ben, I hope that's what you meant. Uh, and I'm going to ask you guys a few questions about laundry detergent. Most of them prices right style, but we're actually going to do things a little bit differently today. Uh, we are going to have one question that is worth five points and it is going to involve the honor system. So allow me to explain. Uh, I have in front of me, we'll, we'll, we'll start with this question. I have in front of me uh, the uh, top one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine brands of liquid laundry detergent uh, in the United States in 2018 in terms of sales in millions of US dollars. I want each of you, using the honor system because I know you're looking right at each other, to take a second to write down what you think the top five are. And for every one that you get right, I will give you a point. Okay. Now again, honor system. And uh, and while you're doing that, I'm just going to talk about detergent. I'm just going to give you some... Uh, some background, mostly using the Wikipedia page. Uh, although I can't detail many of these things because a lot of them are going to be questions. Um, so I guess I'll just address Ben. Uh, ben, hopefully you didn't mean like dish detergent. Don't have any questions on dish detergent this week. I'm just talking about laundry detergent, uh, which uh, actually dates back to around 2800 BC, which is pretty surprising. Although, obviously, the, the form of detergent has changed. Um, we have liquid detergents now, primarily, but we also had dry detergents and all various kinds of soap-like materials. So, we'll get into that. Uh, how are you guys doing on your lists over there? I didn't know there were that many different ones. I got four, though. I have three. <laughs> I'm, I'm, still, I'm still thinking. I'm going to give you guys another 20 seconds. I'm not really counting. I'm just kind of eyeballing 20 seconds, but... This is an interesting thing you don't really think about. Most of us have used the same brand of detergent since we started doing laundry. If you're me, at least, that is the case. So, yeah, interesting stuff. Okay, I think I'm good. Okay. Uh, well, this, well, y- we can go through each person's list individually. So, uh, Nerd Bomber, let's hear your top five. Does it matter what order they are? No, it's just if they show up, you get a point. 
Okay, so I have tied. I have gain. I'm not. I'm, I'm going to let you guys read them, and then I'll tell you how many points each got. Okay, so tied, gain, oxyclean, all with an exclamation and bounce. Okay, yeah, that made right, me realize. You, sorry, could you repeat that one more time? I tied, gain, oxyclean, and then what were the other two? All and then bounce. Okay. That made me realize how little I know about other detergent brands. So I'm pretty sure I made some of mine up. I had bounce, gain, bounty, which I now that I'm reading it aloud it's is a, totally paper, a paper towel. towel. Brand. A paper towel brand. Okay, you're doing great so far, but keep, keep going. Tide and ShamWow. <laughs> that's a chamois. Which after you said it, when you said OxyClean, that's what I was okay. thinking, but I couldn't get like my words well, onto the paper. <clears throat> this went better than, than I could have hoped. Um, so first of all, I'll say, uh, Nerd Bomber, you got three points. Tectic, you got two points. Uh, number one by a wide margin is Tide. Uh, the sale of Tide in 2018 was over a billion dollars. I thought of Clorox too, but that was six and it wasn't part of my list. Clorox is, is bleach. It's not on here. Um, number two is Gain at 581 million. Uh, also worth noting, there are a number of different versions of Tide that are on this list that I'm going to be skipping. So actually, there's a different version of Tide that's number three, but I'm skipping that. Uh, number four is Arm & Hammer, uh, but Arm & Hammer also is on this list as Arm & Hammer plus OxyClean. So I'm going to give you uh, points for OxyClean, Nerd Bomber. Uh, oh, wait, one, are they just putting yeah. Arm & Hammer like... Is it baking powder? What is it? Are they just putting it in their laundry? Is that... I have to tell you, I don't know what Arm & Hammer is. I just know they also make toothpaste. (laughs) Um, One big one that you guys missed, one that I I recognize that I think you guys will recognize, Purex. Are you familiar with Purex? Oh. Uh, So there's Purex, and then rounding out the list... I'm pretty sure that's what you always use when we we first started dating. So so Personal has the commercials... And I can't remember much about the personal commercials. I just remember I've seen personal commercials. And then Extra was another big one that I knew. I'm surprised all is not on here. I will say that much, Nerd Bomber. I thought you, I thought you, that was a good guess. But uh, in any case, Nerd Bomber with three, Tactic with four, with two, sorry. Uh, and let's, let's press on here. And now we're going to be doing some, some more prices Right style questions. Okay. What percentage of laundry detergent is bleach? And we'll start with Nerd Bomber since she's in the lead. This is Price is Right rule, so if you go over, you bust. Is bleach or has bleach? What percentage of laundry... I'm, I'll, I'll read you the, the, the sentence I'm reading. Laundry detergents may contain, by weight, uh, blank percent bleach. Okay. Um, I'm going to say 45%. I think that's a huge bust. I'm going to go 5%. Tactic, well done. Well done. It's seven percent. Um, Nerd bomber. Do you know what bleach is? I do, but I know there's. Aren't there like the white specific d- laundry detergents that have a ton of bleach in it because you're only supposed to use it on whites to get them white again when they have like pit stains and stuff like that. Well, so well that may be. Uh, we're, we're we're speaking generally here. So per, there, that's a fair point that perhaps it's true that certain uh, detergents have more bleach. But I, I, forty-five still seems like a, a very large number to me. Uh. Let's continue on um, to another question. I just need to keep looking here. Okay. So one of the key components of detergent is uh, surfactant. And uh, German chemical companies developed an alkyl sulfate surfactant uh, during, well, I shouldn't say during, uh, in what year? 
due to well i shouldn't say that either what year did this happen <laughs> this was the first surfactant that was developed what year was it key component in detergent uh and tactic you'll go first this time yeah I'm, I'm doing the math 1942 i'm gonna say 1880 uh nerd bomber gets well i'm trying to think of what bust is bust is if you go too late so yeah nerd bomber gets this one uh, it was 1917 during World War One. So I, I technically, I assume you took my kind of hints of like during X time as World War Two was actually during World War One. Yeah, I was thinking World uh, War Two. So that puts Nerd Bomber ahead. Uh, I only have a couple of more questions here, but let's let's continue. Um, the EEC directive, uh, which don't ask me what EEC directive is, I just know it has to do with the environment, uh, stipulates that an average biodegrade there, there be an average biodegradability of at least blank percent for all types of surfactants used in detergents so basically what are what is the eec demanding the biodegradability biodegradability be of this critical component of detergents i'm gonna say 15 percent because i feel like after watching that one movie about pots and pans they're probably not on top of things as they should be that seems low to me but i don't want to bust so i'm going to say 16 percent rude so wait sorry repeat that tactic what did you say 15 for me 16 for him okay, so you went the cheap route you get the point uh it was actually 90 percent surprisingly these directives oh, are wow. very strict which is good news i guess so you guys are tied uh and we are going to do you know what let's just let's do one more question this will be the the winner take all question uh, okay, so worldwide, while liquid and powdered detergents hold roughly equal market share in terms of value, powdered laundry detergent is actually more widely used, which I did not know. In 2018, sales of powdered detergent measured how many tons? And one hint is that it's double that of liquids. This is not having anything to do with value, so I, I, we did the question before about uh, market share in terms of dollars. This is in terms of, of weight. Uh what how how many pounds no sorry how many tons of powder detergent was sold in 2018 and i think technic goes first this time i'm gonna go 17 tons i'm going to one up you and go 18 well nerd bomber wins it's it's listen it's i kind of want to give none of you the win it was 14 million oh wow (laughs) 17 and 18 or whatever it was, to 14 million. Uh, so Nerd Bomber wins uh, by the grace of bust rules or lack thereof, I guess. Uh, so congratulations to Nerd Bomber. Um, hope you all learned something about detergent. And um, yeah, that brings us to the conclusion of our episode uh, this week. Uh, we hope everyone is staying safe out there, uh, staying healthy, and uh, hopefully to some extent enjoying their time indoors Um we would encourage you to to maintain social distancing for as long as is required. But enough of the PSA. Uh, we want to thank you guys also for listening, as always. Uh, if you want to leave us uh, a note on Twitter, uh, feel free to do so at the handles I've already mentioned. Otherwise, you can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We, we love to see those. Um, and we, we thank you guys so much for, for showing up and spending some time with us. We will see you next week. See you later.